What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, folks. We are at the penultimate football Sunday of the season, the championship games in both conferences are on today and I'll be honest given the matchups I I kind of laid this out before I wasn't enthralled because frankly I've never been a true supporter of this Chiefs team because of what I saw in the regular season and I still haven't seen it in the postseason yes they've gotten by but man, that game was more on Buffalo choking than the Chiefs truly excelling because the Chiefs made so many errors that literally came down to Buffalo choking. Buffalo was an absolute train wreck of a game. And yes, the Josh Allen defenders will come up with every excuse as to everyone else should have made plays. But man, Josh is not a good decision maker under pressure. It's just point blank. Did he play a good game? Yes. But in critical moments, he still sucked. It is what it is. He's just not very good in critical situations. And that's a it's a, it's a crucial flaw in a quarterback when you try to make a championship run. You should be able to make critical decisions in tight spots. That's usually what it decides the championship games when you get to a high enough level because... More often than not, you're not going to snowball games and just blow teams out. It's very rare that it happens these days, especially in the salary cap era of the NFL where it's really hard to be substantially better than your competition. It just, it is what it is. But for us to like try to pretend that Josh Allen didn't have deficiencies last week against the Chiefs, I, I mean... Uh, how much rose-colored glasses do you need, Buffalo fans? It's like, you know, you have to be willing to accept reality. The only thing that's more annoying than the Buffalo fans are the Niners fans that want an apology for Brock Purdy playing a bad game and then having one good drive to close it out and say he's him. Uh, No, Brock Purdy is a system QB. Cam Newton was right. Brock Purdy is a system QB. But guess what? Tom Brady's the system QB, too. He just had to be the best system QB there is. You can win as a system QB. I don't know why it became a dirty word, but Brock Purdy is a system QB. I don't know how how much validation you need with that with the offense that he runs. It's a system offense, and it's based on timing. And Brock Purdy's timing was awful last week. Now, did there was there drops in the in the games on the 49ers side? Yeah. But Brock Purdy's timing was off. Whether it was he couldn't get proper footing because of the rain or just general nerves because it was a heavy favorite against the Packers, 
whatever the situation was, he, or he just wasn't feeling it, Brock Purdy did not have a good game last week. Now, it's a far more favorable matchup than the, even the Packers because the Packers are at least a slightly above average NFL secondary. The, not, uh, the Lions are, without question, a bottom three secondary in the NFL. They're excellent run defense. They're terrible pass defense. To me, this is a clear-cut case for a Brandon Ayuk spot, and we'll get to guys we're looking at in, in these games, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that, yeah, Brock Purdy, as, as bad as he looked last week, he very much could end up being one of the best plays today. He might outscore Lamar from a fancy perspective. He might because there's a chance that the Ravens keep it on the ground and Lamar doesn't get there because Gus Edwards and the uh, uh, Justice Hill score enough running the ball. There, there, there's a very real scenario where uh, Lamar doesn't get there. My biggest issue is the fact that if you look at, and I'll be perfectly blunt, if you look at this game, I think there's a very real chance that you could have, uh, you you could easily have Lamar get uh, sniped for a touchdown by Gus Edwards uh, and Justice Hill. So, yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a reality where it could happen. But that shouldn't be a precursor where we can't consider uh, Lamar Jackson in the quarterback spot because realistically... It's two games. You don't need a standout performance from Lamar. You just need him to be just slightly better than the uh, the other guys playing today. And I don't think this is necessarily a great spot for Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are going to have to try to win this game with ball possession. And, tr- and hopefully Pacheco is healthy enough to get 25 carries. Because I think that's what they're going to need. They're going to need Pacheco to be effective with the run game and actually chew up clock time because otherwise it gets to be a very difficult spot for the Chiefs. Uh, if they if they can't get anywhere close to 100-plus yards on the ground, I don't know how the Chiefs win this game. I think the Chiefs have to get north of 100 uh 120 yards rushing, whether it's Pacheco, but you know Mahomes is going to scramble. But you got inclement weather. You need somebody to get the ball moving. And I think the most likely guys to get there would be Mahomes and Pacheco. You know, it is what it is. But, like, uh, trying to claim... That uh, you know, we 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 know exactly how this game is going to play out. I think I think that's the presumptuous part. But 
I I don't think there's anything. Uh, I, I don't I don't think there's anything uh, to the effect that we should be uh, questioning ourselves on the viability of uh, some of these plays because you have very condensed offenses playing today uh, in the Chiefs Ravens game. It is what it is. Kelsey got the breaks because Buffalo's defense fell asleep. But realistically, it's Pacheco, it's Kelsey, and it's Rasheed Rice. The other guy that no one's going to talk about is Noah Gray because the uh, when they run the Chiefs run their two tight end sets, Noah Gray is going to have some opportunities. That's it. All these other receivers can't get separation. And they struggle catching the football. I I have a hard time seeing Patrick Mahomes risking an AFC championship and a chance to go to the Super Bowl with some of these other guys. Knowing the fact that, realistically, he could just focus on uh, Kelsey and the others. And I think that's where he's going to uh, focus in and on because at the end of the day, the guys who realistically are his best bets to get there still comes down to essentially uh, getting uh, uh, just enough from Kelsey and Rasheed Rice to move the chains. But I, I still truly believe this game comes down to the rushing attack of the Chiefs. If the Chiefs can actually control clock and keep uh, Baltimore off the field because that's that's the key. It's like uh, if Lamar's getting over eighty yards rushing, it, it it's 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 a wrap. It's a wrap because the Chiefs are gonna be stuck on the sidelines if Lamar's running the ball consistently. I just don't see the scenario where the Chiefs are going to get there otherwise. I, I think the Chiefs have to find a way of managing this game. And the Chiefs can't the Chiefs cannot control clock and either be even, but I don't even think even's gonna get it done. I think they actually have to win time of possession in order to win this game. And if they can't do that, I think it's a lost cause for the Chiefs. Because I think the Ravens are the better team. So, with that being said, this really comes down to, can the Chiefs get there from the standpoint of control of the clock? If they can't can't control the clock, I think this is a pretty straightforward game where Baltimore's covering and, you know, this line opened up at three and a half. It went down to three. I mentioned it to folks to bet the three. It's gone up to four. It's trending towards four and a half because the heavier money's coming in on the Ravens side late. Uh, the public's still going to bet the Chiefs. But realistically, if you're not on the Ravens side, you're hoping for something that's just not there with the Chiefs. They need the Ravens to basically choke. They, they actually need the Ravens to choke the way Buffalo did. Because, again, it's not as though 
the Ravens can't run the ball on the Chiefs defense. The way you attack the Chiefs defense is running the football. Yes, the Ravens can pass too. And yes, they can pass and they have Mark Andrews supposedly back. I think Andrews is more of a decoy. But this comes down to both teams rushing attack. Chiefs just has to have to find a way to keep Baltimore off the ground. If Baltimore is controlling time of possession and wearing out Chris Jones in that pass rush for the Chiefs, this is this could be an ugly looking game for the Chiefs. That's just the long and short of it. We we can mince words all we want, but realistically, that's what the Chiefs need. They need to find a way of just delaying Baltimore enough to keep themselves relevant in this game. So, yeah, not too much in terms of long-winded analysis because, frankly, there's just not there's not enough there. I, I, w- I wish there was more to say about this game, but it's a pretty it's a pretty clear-cut game. I have a harder time seeing the Chiefs getting Kelsey and the others to have massive days catching the ball because the Ravens secondary is better than the Bills secondary. I, I don't see necessarily the blown coverages that we got out of the Bills last week. So it's a lot harder to justify this game. I, I look at this as more you you focus on Lamar Jackson. Justice Hill makes a ton of sense. And I think it's likely today, Isaiah likely instead of Mark Andrews. I think Andrews is back, but I think he's more of a decoy than anything else. Yeah, they say he's good to go. I have my doubts there, given the injury that he suffered with the ankle. To me, this is, uh, you know, we will see what we get out of Andrews. But if Andrews is good to go, I think this is even harder win for the Ravens. This line was way too low. Uh, realistically, this line should have been closer to five and a half or six, in my opinion. They're not going to do it because of the Chiefs, and no one wants to count out Patrick Mahomes. I know it. It's like I get it. It's a hard, it's a hard sell justifying uh, the Chiefs line, though. G- given how poor the wide receiver core has been, that that's the, that's the long and short of it. If the Chiefs supporting cast was playing better, if you had a Jarek McKinnon healthy, yeah, it would make a ton more sense. But they're n- but that's not what we have. McKinnon's still on IR. It's like you got uh, Clyde Edwards Lair as the backup. No one trusts him. I mean, and a banged up Pacheco. You need Pacheco to suck it up and be able to get the job done for the Chiefs on the ground. It, there's no other way around it. I don't really see the Chiefs being able to muscle the Ravens around without Pacheco. So that's where we stand. We'll get into the NFC uh, Championship game after the break, but stick around, folks. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. 
Alright, so, and I know folks are just going to disagree with the Chiefs' take, but realistically, if you are truly going to bet the Chiefs to win, you should be betting the over on Pacheco rushing to be north of, uh, because his his, uh, rushing prop was approximately uh, 78 yards. And, you know, depending on the sports book, but realistically, you should be targeting Pacheco because that's, that is literally, uh, actually the, uh, that was the combined rushing and receiving prop for uh, Pacheco. His rushing prop was, um, solely rushing prop was like a 64, but realistically, the Chiefs need Pacheco to have a big day running. It's just not working otherwise. So that's the truth of the matter. So, I mean, we, we can mince words all we want, but the Chiefs have been averaging over 130 yards rushing in the two playoff games thus far. They were about uh, just over 100 yards rushing per game. Uh, I mean, they were, they were a below average rushing team in the regular season. They've been prioritizing it, but they have to. They don't have a choice because Kelsey is not getting open the way that you're accustomed to Travis Kelsey getting open in postseason games. It's just the reality of the situation. So they need the rushing game to open up play action for Travis Kelsey. And I know it's <clears throat> it's atypical of what you've seen in the Chiefs of the past, but these are not the Chiefs of the past. So, anywho, um, moving on to the NFC Championship game. I, yeah, I mean, I alluded to it before with uh, Purdy, but I, I think it, it's this one's the clear cut one. Purdy's uh, passing prop is 277 yards. Uh, I would take the over there. And Jared Goff's uh, over uh, over 257 yards passing uh, for his prop. I would take the over there. I think this is a passing game. It is hard for the Lions to defend the pass. They are excellent at defending the run. It is hard to imagine the Lions are going to be able to stop the pass Whenever San Fran wants it, I think it opens up avenues for uh, Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel's healthy. I think he's going to have uh, opportunities on screenplays. And I think there's still going to be opportunities for George Kittle. To me, this is dump off city for Purdy. He'll pad the stats. But guess what? It should be optimal uh, conditions to, uh, uh, to be able to run the offense. And I think it's it's gonna be uh, a fairly straightforward game plan for the Chiefs. I mean, I'm uh, um, the Niners, so it, that's where it kind of comes down to. It's like whether or not you want to uh, say it's uh, you know, and of course we got McCaffrey, but McCaffrey is a uh, part a wide receiver as well with his pass catching abilities. I just look at this from the standpoint of you should not be surprised by the 49ers just airing the ball out today against the Lions. 
it's so much easier for them to operate under the guise of attacking through the air. I, I think trying to run the ball strictly for uh, 49 side, I think it's just, yeah, they're going to run, but they're going to do stretch runs when it makes sense. But I think they're going to use the pass to kind of set that up. I don't think they're going to just uh, force feed the ball to McCaffrey and just expect them to run uh, uh, 20 times. I think he's probably going to uh, run closer to 15, and you're going to see more pass opportunities for uh, McCaffrey to catch the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, that's the game plan. And now on the Lions side, in a perfect chase script, th- this is the Jameer Gibbs game. Uh, you know, David Montgomery, yeah, they've been feeding him the ball, but realistically, you want to attack the 49ers' uh, run defense in space. That's what Gibbs can do in spades. And to me, with uh, the 49ers' secondary still banged up, yes, you're going to want Jared Goff throwing the ball uh, as opposed to trying to force it in between the tackles. I just don't think this is a David Montgomery game. I think this is a Jameer Gibbs game. And then from a passing standpoint, I think I look more towards Josh Reynolds than I do on Amon Ra St. Brown. The reason being, I expect uh, Amon Ra to draw the attention over the top with the safety. That opens up the underneath route for uh, Josh Reynolds uh, for to make some plays. Now, you could say uh, that this is a, uh, a Jameson game as well. I'm just not... I, you know, we've seen enough out of, uh, out of the Lions that Jameson Williams just, they only trust him for a limited number of trick plays and deep hitters. Now, if Jameson Williams goes off, it's because he catches one big bomb. I don't see Jameson Williams catching more than three passes this game. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. I don't see it happening. I think... Reynolds is more likely to hit seven catches, which is high for Reynolds. Reynolds is probably more of a four to five catch guy, but I think it's more likely that Reynolds sees seven catches than you see Jamison Williams get to, uh, get more than uh, three uh, three catches it, because it's it's going to be home run shots with Jamison Williams using his speed. But I do think Jameer Gibbs, because of the way you can flex him out with the run and the pass, it makes a difference. So. To me, that's where I would lean more towards, uh, given uh, uh, g- given the the teams involved in the, the defenses of how you can attack them. Uh, I think this is a perfect chase script for the Lions from a fantasy perspective. So I do like Lions receivers, uh, and you can play Gibbs. But to me, I am not sold on the idea of. Uh, forcing in um, the running game. So that's why I'm out on David Montgomery. I don't necessarily love, uh, uh, you know, I don't love uh, trying to fit in uh, Laporta because I think the 49ers are pretty good at defending tight ends. Uh, And technically the Lions are good at defending tight ends as well with George Kittle. Uh, To me, George Kittle's more of a play where he is in the red zone and getting featured by the 49ers than anything else. That's where I would look more towards Kittle. I don't think it's a volume game for George Kittle. I think it's more of a uh, generating big plays. But 
from my standpoint, I would look at Isaiah Likely from the tight end spot. I would also look at, uh, as I mentioned before, Noah Gray. Uh, could Kittle get uh, the targets and get in the end zone? Yeah, but I think over the course of the game, it makes less sense for uh, uh, for it to work out uh, in terms of it being a massive Kittle game. I, I just, I'm not necessarily seeing the play. And, you know, like I said, it's only a two-game or so. There's only so many guys you can talk about. So, yeah, I think the majority of the public's going to be on Travis Kelsey. And, yeah, we try to get a little bit different by not being on Kelsey. And, yes, the Swifties are not going to be happy with that statement. But, uh, you know, the NFL will show enough shots of Taylor Swift in the stands regardless of how the game's going. So, I, I think it's... Uh, it's pretty obvious, you know, in terms of the build, I think you're focusing in on uh, Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson at QB. You're focusing in on a Ravens tight end. You go with McCaffrey at running back. I already talked about how much I like Justice Hill. And then you can start picking and choosing between your 49ers uh, and, and Lions receivers as to how your bill's going to look. But that, to me, that's the way we go about it. I don't think there's much, you know, in terms of uh, further game theory or thought process to consider. I think it's pretty straightforward from there. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. I still like the 49ers to win this game. It, to, to me, this is more of a, uh, of a case where, you know, I would uh, I would look at it from the standpoint of 49ers are favored by 7.5. The reason why it's just a tough game for the Lions is I think there's just too many weapons for the 49ers side. If Debo's healthy, if Debo, if they say Debo and he gets hurt again, this becomes a very hard, hard situation for... Uh, the Niners. So, yeah, the, that's the game theory scenario we could actually play out. Is actually I should talk about that more. If Debo Samuel's hurt and he they give it a go, but it's a Willis Reed situation and Debo only plays part of the game. Let's play out that scenario. We'll play out the injury scenario. Then you get into even more of a passing situation where uh, Brock Purdy's leaning on Brandon Ayuk. And uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. But it also becomes a Jawan Jennings spot. Uh, which is someone who is not a household name. So you could go to Jawan Jennings to get yourself different if you don't believe Debo Samuel's healthy. I actually think uh, the shoulder situation, they were being more uh, conservative to make sure uh, that he was going to be good to go. But yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a possibility that I'm wrong, and Debo isn't healthy and can get knocked out of the game early. In that situation, yeah, you would want to consider more uh, uh, Jawan Jennings as a potential punt, but you won't know that until later on. And you know, it's it's a little bit harder doing the roster construction because Jawan Jennings, yeah, you got to save money, but it's like, what are you pivoting towards? There's not there's not a lot of value and. Uh, saving the money. So, 
It makes it tough. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, that uh, I, I figured I'd run through that potential scenario as well. Um, how it would look from a fantasy perspective. I still look at this as uh, heavily favored in terms of the Niners' side of the fence. Yeah, there's a, there's a scenario where the Lions win, but that becomes more from blown plays by the 49ers' defense and Kyle Shanahan coaching uh, another tight game. He already got his uh, mulligan with the uh, Packers game where he was overly conservative with the play calling because he got nervous. I don't think he repeats the same mistake, but stranger things have happened. But uh, I, I do think uh, uh, there there's... There's probably a little bit more freedom being given to Purdy in the passing attack, given the secondary we're going up against. It's not. It's not like they're playing world beaters on the Lions' defense. Let's just let's just be honest, there, folks. This is probably the easiest matchup from a passing game standpoint the Niners have seen for the bulk of their season. So, yeah, that's gonna do it, folks. Uh, gonna get on out of here and uh, yeah, get this uploaded. So, uh, yeah. Good luck with uh, your bets, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy the games as well. Uh, We get some nice competitive contests, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for me. Until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.